peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast Lunch and Learn Series, Chapter 7, Occupational Stress, Episode 1. We have an awesome chapter coming to you today, guys. We are going to be covering occupational stress and how do we manage occupational stress to go ahead and balance out all the other pillars to allow for you to go ahead and continue to operate and be sustainable at your optimal performance. Matt's going to go ahead and break down the contents of today's episode. Matt, it's all you. <laughs> Cheers, bud. So yeah, as is has become like traditional, really, episode one, we're just going to uh, have a look at the wave tops, get an idea of what we mean by occupational stress. Episode two, we'll be looking more at how that's relevant within the tactical community. And then as ever, episode three, we'll be finishing up with some practical recommendations and things that you can you can actually implement to, to make a difference in your, in your life. So to kick us off, um, I guess like a, a rough definition of occupational stress is, is essentially any stress that's related or caused by your occupational job. Uh, and that could be physical, that could be psychological, it could be a combination of the two. Um, but essentially, if we if we start off with like a mini exercise, if, if everybody takes a 30 seconds or so to think back to a time when you felt really overstressed or, or overworked uh, at a particular job. It might be maybe if you were working on a certain assignment or a project or if you were deployed. Just try and think back to a time when you felt really burnt with work. Um, and what we want to do is while you're, while you're kind of creating that image in your mind, thinking of the people you're working with, just have a have a check and, and see what's happening to your physiology. So think about what's happening to your heart rate, your blood pressure, to your, to your palms. Um, and it's it's just making that awareness or creating the connection that things that are, are psychologically stressful can can have a very real physiological effect, and vice versa. And I know this is something that we've banged on about this this whole kind of uh, this whole mini series, but I think occupational stress is is the one that we're where we can really see it. Um, and, and essentially what we, what we wanted to kind of go through today was to try and identify things that are, um, potential stresses, both physically and mentally, um, kind of particular, like related to occupational with occupational stresses within the tactical profession. Um, and obviously I like, I, I know that people immediately jump to the, the sort of the physical things like the rocking, um, like to, to doing real hard unit PT, but as, as big a factor is the, the sort of the hypervigilance and uncertainty and unpredictability, unpredictability rather around, um, around what we do. Um, so sitting in a ready room while you're waiting for a tasking is, is something that is very stressful on the, on the face of it. If we were to kind of measure calorimetry or something like that in terms of energy expenditure, you sat down doing nothing, but that, that psychological kind of, uh, that always on, always waiting for something, that's that's hugely demanding for, for kind of human physiology. Yeah, it's crazy to go ahead and point that out just because of the fact it's, you know, if you notice there's an external stressor from a psychological perspective, it's going to create a, an uptake in sympathetic response, which from that sympathetic response from a physiological state, we then go ahead and start seeing heart start to increase, heart rate start to increase slightly, palms might get sweaty, eyes might start to dilate, I believe. Yep, yep. Um, you start to see these different changes happen from a physiological standpoint. Now, why does that matter? It's more of not 
knowing what those signs are. It's more feeling what those signs are to connect the knowing to it. So, you know, Matt said it perfectly, you know, when you're sitting in a ready room, getting ready to go ahead on a three hour mission that just got hit up 12 hours prior, you had to go ahead and go through mission prep. You had to get your gear ready. You had to make sure you had to brief everybody, make sure everything was ready to rock and roll and wheels off in the next 40 minutes sitting in that waiting room, getting ready to go. Like individuals who've been in that position know what that feels like. We can go ahead and talk about a police officer, an LEO officer, you know, who a law enforcement officer who is sitting inside their car waiting for calls, right? That hypervigilance that we're talking about, you know, when we go and look at the the awareness scale, you know, when we go from white all the way to black and, and in between, there's a reason why we utilize that scale, especially when it comes to our occupation as a whole, because it allows for us to kind of understand where, where we might be at to where we can kind of decrease from that that state afterwards or before going in so that you have the right arousal state to go ahead and perform your job. And we've talked about, you know, the individual zones of optimal functioning in the past. We've talked about understanding how to manage arousal. We've talked about psychological, emotional state. Now we're going to go ahead and put it all together when it comes to our occupational stress and how to manage it to where we can get the most out of us. And, and one big thing that, you know, I keep hearing in, in this realm of the occupation of the tactical professional is readiness. What does readiness really mean? There's no, I, I, you know, I don't have a definition for it. And when it comes to that, I do have an equation that can give us readiness, which is going to be sustainability times consistency equals readiness. Meaning if you can go ahead and be sustainable and doing all the things correct, sleeping, eating, managing, you know, CNS, psychological and emotional state, as well as occupational state, you know, or stress, you then are able to perform your job at a high intensity a little bit more consistently to where again you're not you're not being one burnt out to increasing your risk to injury and potentially death right so we're learning how to create that that buffer from all of this as a whole so we go ahead and talk about these stressors and this, these responses you know, you should know what we're talking about when you're actually there, especially even if, if you're listening to this and you're not a tactical professional and you're someone who works in a very psychological demanding job, meaning you have to create a lot and you have to give presentations and you have to do public speaking. That is still considered occupational stress. So it doesn't have to, just like we said earlier, it doesn't have to be the physical where, you know, I have to go ahead and get out of the vehicle and chase someone that's stress, or I got to go ahead and put full gear on and do a thing, or a firefighter has to put you know, full loadout on and go do something. That's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about here now is looking at individuals who work at those higher levels in, in, in the corporate world. Right. And the reason why I say that, because we have individuals that, that work and live in that realm that also takes a toll on you. That's occupational stress. It might not be physically demanding, but it is psychologically demanding. And what we've found over the past four months with the case study that we're currently running is if we can balance out the physical stress, right, we then can manage the psychological stress. Why? Because again, the the weight of the brain is through physical, through touching, through doing these things to where you're actually creating this action to where the brain can take, take it, process it and help, you know, have this ability to go ahead and flex and stretch, but not snap. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good way of looking at it. And, and we know kind of going back to the point you were, you were making about the psychological and emotional stress, as we, we've kind of talked about in, in previous episodes, we, with, with how, uh, human physiology and stress responses have evolved over over time. We we know that like actually the the physical stresses, the like giving chase, the the uh, close combat stuff, 
that's that's something that we we're kind of better equipped to deal with from a like a stress response perspective because it's like an instantaneous stimulus you've got to respond you've got to react fight or flight and then the stress goes away or the stimulus goes away and the stress goes away afterwards and everything kind of comes back down to that baseline where we where we kind of have have problems are those longer kind of extended stresses like knowing that the the project has deadlines coming up or as we're seeing more and more now in the in the tactical world like the the admin and the the paperwork side of of the job where there might have been one acute incident we'll we'll kind of use the the cha- the foot chase example where the um, the nervous system and the and the body kind of responded appropriately in in quotations um but then once it, it kind of went back down to baseline and we were forced to then spend some time doing the admin side where you're reliving that trauma potentially and you're, you're kind of stressed that you've, you've got to do something that's associated with that task, that's when we start to have some problems because we, we kind of get locked into that chronic, um, that chronic, chronic stress syndrome type, type deal. Yeah, um, I like to go ahead and look at that from, think of it as an IV. The IV bag is full of occupational stress, you know, and with an IV, when you have it in your system, you can adjust the flow of it. And at times, when you're doing the physical demanding part of your your occupational, like these, you know, chasing someone, or going and taking care of a firefight, or taking care of a fire, getting into a gunfight, or going on patrol, or doing specific things, that that nozzle kind of opens up a little more, and you get a little bit more flow of of stress from your occupation from that IV bag. When we go to look at it from the psychological standpoint, think about tidying up that that drip or that flow to where now it becomes a very slow drip, but it's constant. Mm. So what we need to learn how to do from a, a, a human perspective is how do I go ahead and turn that drip completely off when I am not in my occupation anymore? And that is a very, very huge gap that we see of learning how to disassociate yourself from your occupation to like your everyday life, right? You shouldn't have that slow drip of stress in your, uh, it's, dripping slowly over time while you're home at, at home, right? You should be able to have turned that turn that knob off and allow for other things you can go ahead and focus on. What it does for you then, it then keeps the bag full to allow for you to handle the, the handle that psychological stress when you get back into your when you get back to work. Oh, I have a deadline for a specific thing. And and I I want to go ahead and say this from experience. I've had to learn how to do both. I've had to learn how to do the physical occupational stress because as a reconnaissance marine, as an instructor, all those things. And I wish I had the insight that I have now to understand the psychological standpoint because that would have a hundred percent probably kept me a little bit healthier longer and not broke down or got burnt out. Because now I'm on the other side of the coin. I have to go ahead and balance out my psychological occupational stress with the job I do now with the physical, meaning that I, if I have a really hard psychological stress day in my job, I'm not going to go burn it down in the gym. I'm going to go do something that's going to make make me help downregulate from that and slowly turn off that drip from that stress for the occupational IV bag and now be able to go ahead and move through and get to the next portion, which again, all I'm doing is trying to conserve energy. When I go and take that IV bag, all you're doing is conserving energy. And if you go ahead and have a slow drip of energy going into that occupational stress that you're worried about from a psychological standpoint, by the time you get back to get work into it, you then don't have enough energy to put forth to it that it deserves. And that's probably the, the the easiest way I can go ahead and articulate that from the way my brain works. I'm a very artistic individual, very, you know, visual. So that's the way I look at that. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that'll tie in really nicely with some of the things that we've we've got kind of coming in in episode three, where we're giving we're giving recommendations. We'll definitely we'll definitely tie that back in. Um, the last thing I just wanted to to bring up, and I think it's worth mentioning when we talk about occupational stress, is it understandably it's kind of got like a, a bad rap. Like people associate being stressed, having deadlines, and things like that as a, as a real negative. And I think they certainly can be. Um, but we also have to remember that, that actually often having a little bit of pressure, like like the eyes off that inverted U model, having a little bit of pressure can be a really good thing for, for getting projects done. Um, I know my wife, for instance, uh, is the polar opposite of me. She'll leave something until right at the last minute so that she has to be kind of manically scrambling, getting things done right before the deadline. But that's where she produces her best work. She needs that, that kind of pressure almost. Um, and interestingly, I think that's that's something we we often see in terms of sort of technological or, or scientific advancements. Is, is we see those big things when there's when there's pressure. So, for instance, during during kind of war periods, that's often where we see big medical advances. Or with with regards to things like climate change at the moment, that's where we're starting to see kind of new technology, like green technology really come to the forefront because we have to because of necessity so i i guess it's um hopefully again this is something that we're going to link back to more in in episode three it's this idea of using the the pressure for you to your advantage rather than being crushed by it yeah and this goes back down to the idea of the stress model that we keep talking about Right, being able to change the perspective to the current stressor to allow for us to prepare for follow-on stressors and regenerate how we need to, or be able to give our all in that time with that stress. Because again, we're not saying that we don't want you to be stressed. No, we understand with the job it comes. What we're trying to do is, how do we go ahead and teach you to conserve enough energy so when that does happen, you have the ability to go ahead and handle that stressor in that moment, and then you have the tools to go ahead and make adjustments to go ahead and regenerate the energy you need for future operations, future meetings, future projects, whatever it is you, you're doing, I guarantee you it will go ahead and make everything else around your life that much more simpler. And again, simple doesn't mean easy. You know, It's just the task in which is simple, but it's still somewhat difficult. So I'm excited for the next two episodes. And uh, yeah, dude, thank you for opening that up, Matt. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting this rolling. Cool, guys. Until next time.